What a... G'day. And welcome to this week's episode we've called The Living Dead. Ooh, are we getting all Stephen King here? Not quite. Let me explain. Over the Christmas break, I saw an interesting gritty Irish movie, part film noir, part black comedy. It was called The Banshees of Inner Sheeran. It's a really thought-provoking piece that addresses many themes, including rejection, friendship, small town or micro mindsets. And on the flip side... It explores resilience, community, and the power of letting go and moving on. When I got home, Mitch, you asked me the question, Mm -hmm. tell me about the movie. However, it was one of those, you kind of have to see it to talk about it. It's been a couple of weeks now and I'm still processing various elements of it, as well as the Irish landscape, which is a visual feast and very fitting to the story. It is a really interesting movie and I highly recommend. Anyway... Enough of the movie review and on to this week's episode, which was sort of generated from thinking about this film. What happens when you're here among the living dead? And no, we're not talking about zombies. What we're referring to is what happens when a relationship used to be good and it's now over and the other party is still very much living, but they may as well be dead. You know what I mean? I sure do. Estrangement, which is derived from the old French to treat as a stranger is very common. And in some cases, when there's been abuse, either emotional or physical, it is mandatory. However, there are so many cases where the abandoned party has no idea why they were severed from the relationship or they've been severed unjustly. The other party is still living, but may as well be dead. I remember our first date, Mitch, way back in the 80s, we were at the great little cocktail bar in Carlton called Clickety's. Oh, just bringing back memories, of course. I remember that so well, Jenny. And remember, I bought you a red windsheeter from there as a memento, which to this day, amazingly, is still in perfect condition. Correct. Logo's still there. And both our girls still wear it often, even though Clickety's is long gone. And our conversation that night just ran freely, like we'd known each other all our lives, didn't it? Yeah, it did. And remember we started chatting about our families and I said my mum died when I was four and you said your dad died when you were very little too. And I thought, there you go, our first thing in common, we lost parents very early. That is until many years later we discovered that your dad was very much alive, just in another country and not alive in your life. Mitch, do you want to share how you felt when you found that out? Yeah, I, I had so many different feelings to process. You know, I had shock, sadness, even a little betrayal. But also, interestingly, I wasn't really that surprised when I'd really thought about it. I suppose it would have been nice to know the truth from the outset. But I get why mum had said to me that dad had died, because firstly of the stigma that was going around in the 60s to have a bastard child, and then really just trying to make it easier for me in my life to deal with it by simply just having a dead parent. Makes perfect sense, right? But then to find out that he was still alive, married to someone else, and that I have some siblings, well, yes, it kind of spun me out quite a lot, especially when I saw the photo of him and, and God, we were just doppelgangers. Total doppelgangers, yeah. But as you know, I'm always fairly pragmatic about things and I was really pragmatic about this this whole part of my life. And so I thought, well, he hasn't been in my life to this point. He hadn't made an effort to even acknowledge me. So I thought, it really just doesn't matter. I don't need him in my life. But you convinced me to reach out to him. So I wrote a letter to him and introducing me, you and our kids and made it really clear that I didn't want anything other than just to get to know him. Unfortunately, I received no response. So 
At that point, for me, the story's finished. It's over. I could move on with my life, right? Well, you had other ideas, didn't you? I'm a writer. I get lots of ideas. And I did. And as I know, I would have freaked out if someone came up to me and said, no, your mum's not dead. She's just living across the globe in another life. So I just thought there are so many questions unanswered. And after your mum died in 2001, I found a letter in her writing bureau addressed mm-hmm. to a friend of hers, Nora. It was dated around September 1985. Uh, and it was from your aunt, Alison, who you didn't know and, had, and was written on letterhead from her home in Ireland. Nora had visited their home on behalf of Therese and left a note introducing you. And in this response, it was clear that this was the first time that that part of the family had learnt of your existence. But this letter was really warm and the kindness and thoughtfulness of this lady was really clearly evident. Anywho, fast forward to 2007, after we'd sent the letter and had no response, it was still milling around and I, by that stage, the internet was well and truly up and I could find... And you wouldn't let it go, would you? We could find... (laughs) I found the email address um, for your Aunt Alison and I explained that we'd written to your dad several years ago and had no response. However, I wanted this paternal side of your family to know about you, Mitch, that you're a great bloke and a wonderful dad and a fantastic husband. And this resulted in your beautiful Aunt Ali connecting you with your two half-brothers and Ali and your uncle Brendan and family embracing you as kin on our subsequent trips to Ireland. The magic of this reunion has just been so amazing to witness and I'm really grateful to all that this has resulted in an expanded family for you and for our kids. And I'm so grateful to you that you did this for me and that you kept pushing. Unfortunately, I never got to meet Dad as he continued to avoid any contact with me until his passing. But I'm so happy that I now have his side of the family in my life. And they too feel the same having me in theirs. And as I find out more, I'm kind of learning why it was really hard for Dad to acknowledge me. You know, just with the circumstances that he was in and the relationship with his wife and so forth. The beautiful thing is the rest of his side of the family not only acknowledged me but have welcomed me with open arms, including my two awesome brothers. Indeed, they're fantastic. We love, we've, we love, because I'm one of 13, you see, and Michael's an only child, but now he's got two brothers. Mm. So now he's one of three. The fact that you didn't meet your dad in this life and gained a host of other family is exactly how it was meant to turn out. The whole what-ifs of this reconnection adventure reminded me when I was contemplating things, when I went when I first saw that movie Back to the Future and thinking how much I would have loved to have a DeLorean and go back in time like Mikey J. Fox did and find my mum. I think we'd all like a DeLorean (laughs) and be able to go back in time. I'd like a DeLorean now, but (laughs) back at 18 or 17, I I really wanted that. I wanted to ask her a million, millions of questions. I used to think about it and I thought maybe I could have even warned her about the heart attack that she'd have Mm. on that fateful July day and, and rewrite the whole script. And I thought about that film for weeks when I saw it and the whole premise was just so appealing, you know, time travel to change the past. However, now when I think about this, I couldn't change the past without rewriting where I currently am right now and that I would not change. I also know that mum and I will meet again and that you'll meet your dad one day again, pass. I still feel mum around at times, not in the physical form, but her energy is definitely present. That's one of the key things to remember in this life, that we are spiritual beings, not physical beings. Dear Yoda said it best when he said, luminous beings are we, not this crude matter. I love Yoda. Yeah. Wisdom of the Yoda. We're all spiritual beings in a physical body experiencing this life on earth. I love Michael Lunig's cartoon, What Is This Life? I was so grateful 
that he gave me permission to finish my book, Open Your Mind and Say Ah, with this powerful piece of art. Dealing with the living dead situation, back to the living dead, calls on us to be to do two things. One, to be aware that some people going through this have no understanding of the situation. They're actually blindsided. And number two, it calls for all of us to be empathetic to their plight. And empathy is listening, holding space for and not probing. Just be understanding if you've got someone in your life going through this. Don't try and solve the problem. Yeah, good advice. And one of the gut-wrenching living deads is when a child or children become estranged from one or both of their parents. And this can be in the form of many ways. You know, a bad breakup where, and I use this term very, very loosely, the winning partner poisons the mind of the kids to the point that they completely burn the estranged parent. Or when a child just decides that something has happened in the relationship between them and the parents and they just move on and basically deny their parents' existence. It's really sad. It is really so sad. And we've got quite a number of friends and friends' families who are in this position. And when I say in this position, I mean they're still in this position for over 15, 20 years. In fact, one of them, and it was a close mate's sister, she just decided to move on from her family 30 years ago and has never been in contact with either parents or her brother since. And the scary thing is no one actually really knows why. She just disappeared one day and you know, all, all her attempts to try and reach out to her just never, mm. never found her. And then we have other friends who haven't seen or spoken to their kids in over 10 to 15 years because their partner has convinced the kids that he or she abandoned them and has just kept feeding their mind with all this rhetoric about them being the bad person. Mm. So the kids have been really burnt about it. And having such a close family ourselves, I find this just so heartbreaking. And in one of the cases, the child was then cut off from the entire partner's family, not just the partner, meaning that he hasn't even been in contact with any of his cousins for over 10 years. And he was so close to them all, really devastating. So for any of you listening who are going through this separation pain, we wish you a resurrection of reconnection and reconciliation. And if you are one of the many souls experiencing a living dead scenario that is really causing great upset, please make an appointment and see a qualified medical practitioner in Australia. Obviously, reach out to Beyond Blue or Lifeline. And if you're overseas, call your life support services Mm -hmm. number. For our About listeners, I've prepared a most beautiful, powerful exercise to assist in your heart healing journey. The session will help to heal your heart and to give your mind a sense of peace. To access it, click the link in the podcast description section. And until next time, love and blessings. See ya. Bye.